1: Listening to the Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited, with your hosts, Morgan Adsit, and Rocco DeSangro.
0: Welcome into a brand new episode of the Flock on Fox 45, presented by Sports Unlimited. Morgan Adsit, Rocco DeSangro here. We're talking ravens, O's, and everything you need to know in the city of Baltimore and the surrounding areas, I guess, whatever you want to call it. First thing we're going to tap into: Lamar Jackson, free agency. Um, he's still under that non-exclusive franchise tag. Nothing's changed, but we haven't heard of any teams reaching out to Lamar. We haven't heard any reports of teams that have signed him to an offer sheet or even tried. So, Morgan, what's going on with the Ravens star quarterback right now?
1: He is currently not getting what he wants. He has the non-exclusive franchise tag from the Ravens. That's $32.4 million, what he probably wants, I'm assuming, since no long-term deal has been reached, is more money than that. And he wants years, and that's not happening. That is a nice chunk of change to the average Joe. Um, for his market value, no, he's worth more than that, but it kind of is the way it is. And I know we've mentioned this before, and I've said it. Sadly, he's getting a little outplayed. Because NFL owners are so powerful, because the way the league and contracts are structured is so powerful, the way that the salary cap works, it's not like all the other pro teams and the pro markets that have far less players on the rosters. Like, this is a tricky situation, and this is a player that, when he looks at Deshaun Watson, it's an outlier, but I don't think in his mind it is yet, therefore asking for what he's asking for, which in my opinion, makes sense. But then when you look at how this whole market is and it hasn't happened in now two off seasons, it's getting a little tricky and nobody's calling. And we've mentioned the the C word that is not a curse word in the NFL before on this podcast. <laughs> and some of that's probably happening because I don't think anyone wants to reset the market. And I think owners look at Cleveland and they're like, what, what were you thinking? And I think you can say that a lot of times about the Cleveland Browns. But it's just an interesting outplayed, outflexed a little bit by the billionaires. And it's, and it's sad, and, and maybe some team will swoop in. All it does is take, it takes one team. It takes one team that sees his value and wants to pay him. And there are other things working against him, like his injuries, his dealings with his contract in the Ravens, his dealing with his knee injury at the end of the season, his dealings with not being at the playoff game in Cincinnati, and all these whispers and things that are being said about him, and he's not saying anything about himself to squash any of them. So we'll see. But right now it looks like he's losing.
0: So Pro Football Talk, and you posted this article on your Twitter, and it was kind of the talk of town this week. They put out an article that said a representative not certified by the NFLPA. um, Which is a no-no. Which is is a no-no. Has contacted multiple teams on behalf of Lamar Jackson. Number one, yeah, that's a no-no. Raised some eyebrows a little bit number two in the article it says that sources believe that Lamar Jackson's ready to move on from the Ravens or that that person has told them that Mm -hmm. do you buy that in any way shape or form or do you think it's kind of baloney at this point in time
1: I think there's some truth to everything that's happening. But until we actually hear something from the Ravens, until we actually hear something from Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, these are crazy reports. Now, at least that's not from another network that's kind of botched everything. I mean, that could be a very accurate, true report. And again, this would be coming from other GMs and other offices if if some stranger that is not a certified agent is is trying to call on behalf. But why? I mean, you're the guy. You don't want an agent. So if, if you want to know about teams, pick up the phone. But clearly, his phone is not ringing, or at least officially, there's no big offer sheet because nothing's come down, and the Ravens have not had that five days to match. Uh, I buy into it with a grain of salt, like anything that I do. I think some of it is a way to get his name out, but I don't think that's coming from his camp because that makes him look bad.
0: It was me. I'm the. <laughs> you're the guy. Man. You're the guy. No, no. But it could it could be anybody. Honestly, it could be it one could. of his friends. It could be you know one of his family members. Who really mm-hmm. knows at this point in time? Who's but
1: still not someone that they can deal with because he doesn't it, have an agent. It's Yeah, him.
0: it's and he's. I think he's getting a little upset in saying you know we saw him fire off that tweet that said three years one hundred thirty three million that. He's tired of hearing that narrative that he needs an agent to negotiate Mm -hmm. because he doesn't think he did. You saw Roquan Smith do it, you saw Laramie Tunsil do it. Right. But Laramie Tunsil and Roquan Smith are not quarterbacks in the league. They're not the highest paid players in the league as far as that goes. So quarterback, it's really tough to ballpark and negotiate how much you can actually make at that position by yourself because I I truly believe that he needs an agent. And is that a knock on Lamar Jackson? No, it's not by any means. I think anybody in the professional setting of his stature that's, you know, got his status, they Mm -hmm. need an agent to negotiate for them because he wants to have a personal life as well. And he, you know, he does, he was seen at a DJ college concert, taking (laughs) pictures with him. He was seen, you know, in, in his home, you know, home state of Florida doing his thing, just like enjoying himself, having a good time. It's like, he wants to be able to do other things I'm sure. And while everyone else like this might be our primary focus, the contract talks and everything else, He's trying to be a human being as well and kind of do his thing. So it, I would really think it is tough without an agent for him right now.
1: I think it is, especially the way that these negotiations have been. I mean, Eric DaCosta has been very smart with his words. He's never said frustrated or anything negative, but he's called it interesting, two-to-tango-type things. It's just different so I, th- I think you can kind of read between the lines. And, I'm, again, the Ravens are not perfect in this by any means. You don't lowball him years ago and give him more than Josh Allen, then you're probably not having this conversation and he's under contract. But when you start to look at how this has gone and it hasn't worked out in two off seasons, again, this is not every day two off seasons, but they've intensified as of late. Why is it not worked out? Well, it takes two to tango indeed, and a negotiation is negotiation. Both sides are not going to get what they want. So is he not even budging a little bit? And, and don't think for one second these GMs and these NFL executives aren't talking to each other. So if he truly has been difficult to get hold of, if he has a number and he's not budging off of it and it's not realistic and it's certainly not something that the Ravens are going to do, they are going to let others know about that. That's just the way that the business works. And when the agent thing, I think you can get it done without an agent because we've seen it happen. You mentioned the players that have it. But with this dynamic of him, so okay, say some team steps to the plate makes an offer the Ravens match it. Okay, great. We know what's going to happen then. Say they can't offer it and he leaves. He goes and the Ravens get two first round draft picks. That team whatever that deal is that he ends up getting 3, 5 years, 6 years, 7 years whatever it's going to be. It's not going to be 7, but you know, 3 to 5. What's going to happen after year 2 when you're handicapped by the salary cap and you got to go to him and be like, "Hey man, we got to restructure." are you going to have another drawn out thing are you going to hold out because you can't restructure i mean having an agent gets rid of the difficult conversations and the business element that clearly is over his head a little bit right now in this situation as far as negotiating
0: and it's a bit of a problem the ravens have run into in free agency they're only they're not picking, they can't bringing do in a any, thing. they're not bringing it ex- they're handcuffed right now they, they haven't brought in any big names They've, they haven't brought in anybody for that yeah. matter. They've yeah. re-signed guys. Uh, Geno Stone, you got Delshawn Phillips, you got, um, it's, it's players that aren't really making a splash right now that they're bringing in or they're moving money around, like with Michael Pierce, mm-hmm. with Zeitler, with guys like that, it's... So it's tough and then you get rid of Calais Campbell who is really, you know, one of the hearts and souls of this of this yeah. team, if not the heart and, and soul of the team. And still very
1: productive for yeah. a 36-year-old. And
0: there's reports now that he's meeting with the Falcons, mm-hmm. so that would be really tough to lose Campbell. Um he could want to play for cont- the Falcons. It just kind of Not quite there yeah, yet I'm, for a contender, but like, the Falcons are a contender. Eh, money's gonna, money. <laughs> if you're going to go somewhere, I think fans would love to see you go get a ring if you're going to go anywhere for yes. Calais Campbell, yes. but they'd love him back here in Baltimore. So it's definitely been tough for this football team with the money aspect of things. And I think that obviously Lamar is the big thing and he's the big ticket item right now. And they're they're trying to bring him back. And if I'm Eric DaCosta, like you said, like GMs are talking, I'm telling every GM that even thinks about talking to Lamar Jackson, hey, like we're bringing him back. I don't care if you throw the bag at him. I don't care what you throw at him. Like he's coming back here. Or like you said, they can let him walk, get those two first rounders, but he is worth much more than that he
1: is but then there's also the tough conversations of it's it's going to be a lot of money and that is two first rounders the last two seasons he hasn't been on the field when it mattered most yes he's an mvp quarterback yes he's a special talent he takes a lot of hits and he's about to enter year 6 i think there i think some of those things are true and there's the football element to it i think some teams and some franchises want to see him more in the west coast style passing offense with receivers and actually hitting them and and having that talent around him. there's not really that sample with him in the nfl with that i'm not saying he can't throw i'm not on that lamar hater train that everybody is he can run an nfl pro offense he's done it now do you get i mean People think he can't. So it's just like, do you want to have that much invested into a quarterback? The whole notion, though, that the Ravens are going to match and, like, whatever, we're not even going to make an offer, to me that's silly. Like, you look at Carolina Panthers, and their GM was like, he's a great option, but he's an expensive option. Well, you just sold the house to the Bears (laughs) for the number one draft pick. And, yes, you're going to take a quarterback there, and, yes, you could hit on that, and that could be a five-year cheap investment. Get a
0: proven quarterback.
1: But – exactly
0: former MVP exactly. unanimous exactly and I know that was a couple years ago but still it's when Lamar Jackson is on the football field and he's healthy
1: the Ravens are better for it
0: exactly yes so with with the Ravens we, we truly just don't know it's gonna happen it's been kind of a wild off season and I'm not saying everything is gonna be all good and well for this football team if they bring in a big time free agent or make a trade but it might make things a little better it might heal that burn a little bit with everything that's going on with Lamar Jackson. And we just saw Mikael Hardman and the Jets agreed to terms, and that was a target that potentially the Ravens could go after. Greg Lewis was his position coach the first couple of years in the league um, so with Kansas City. So he's young, he's quick, but the Ravens aren't going to get Mikael Hardman. He's going to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham Jr., I think he is still a very, 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 not only a solid option, but I think there's potential that they could bring him in um, if if everything happens well with Lamar. Even if it doesn't, like bring him in and you try to you, I mean, try to make a splash there because Odell had his last a thousand yard season of his career so far with Todd Munkin in that offense. So he really thrived under Todd Munkin in that offense. So that could reunite those guys. Bring Odell to Baltimore and then kind of see what happens from there.
1: I mean, it'd be cool to take off a lot of the distraction and pressure of Lamar Jackson. It's also going to be expensive. We know from Odell, who that person, that type of personality needs to be latched onto Lamar and be like, hey, man, this is how you do it. Because he puts himself in the news every single day and for a positive way. But we know $4 million for him is insulting. That that's low. He has been offered that from his account from some team, and that's too low. Okay. You know, I'm not disagreeing with it, but that's expensive. Yeah. And the Ravens, you mentioned Calais Campbell, they already cut him to create cap space. They left the door open, but they could potentially lose him or he just doesn't want to deal with this quarterback drama and wants to sign with a contender like you mentioned. So they finagled right now and they have some spending money, but it's not much. It's under 10 million. That's with the 32.4. Well, what if Jackson gets an offer? And they match. So then now you got to cover that. That's where it gets really tricky. I do think, like everything, time will tell. <laughs> when we get closer to the draft, we'll know more. Who's really thinking about trading their picks away for Jackson? How aggressive are the Ravens getting with teams to trade Jackson to get picks? They only have five draft picks. They have no salary cap capital and they have no draft pick capital to their standards they that have, they would they like.
0: Have no second rounder. They, have, they got Roquan Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Roquan's a second That's what rounder. Eric DeCosta
1: said. But still, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it there's so it's not fair for one player to like have all this pressure on them but it does fall to Jackson and at some point you have to wonder because while it's business it gets personal and feelings get hurt I don't even know what this season would look like with him playing under the tag is he going to report is he going to show up to training camp he doesn't have to show up until week one then he starts losing money he doesn't have to show up until like halfway through the season at all I mean, you're losing that money before it, but you're still going to get money after it. I mean, this is a very, very, very tricky situation, and I don't know how it's going to play out. And I'm interested to see how it plays out because I feel like where they're at now is probably not good enough for each side. Would the Ravens take his talents and make it work and suck it up? Of course, they are more on the business side, but it can be very personal for a player. And I don't know how this season looks like with him. but money and contracts, maybe a dose of reality, this free agency for him, because he technically is a free agent, even though he's not, maybe all of that will kind of bring things back down to earth and they can actually sit at the table and, and knock out a negotiation. Because if it really was three years, $133 million before September, that's a hella deal. That's $41 million a year, and you didn't even know that the franchise tag price was going to be $45 million. So you were $4 million off the top five highest-paid quarterbacks. And you know the rest of the league is watching this. Joe Burrow is watching this. Jalen Hurts is watching
0: this. Herbert's watching it. Justin Herber's Herbert's not watching that, this. That Joe Burrow. More so class, Cincinnati,
1: right now, but, L.A., and Philly is yeah. watching this, yep. especially Cincinnati that doesn't like to pay money I because they do not want a guaranteed deal.
0: Owners, GMs, young quarterbacks from across the league are watching this as well because it could be what their future holds, that price tag. And I'd be watching as well. If I yeah. was a first- or second-year quarterback and just kind of seeing the market, I know it's going to change. I know price is either going to go up or down, but... Yeah.
1: And you're betting know. on yourself, and it's great. Okay, so, so whatever. Sucks it up. He reports. He's a professional. You know, We, we have no reason to think he won't because he's done that. He didn't come to OTAs last year. Who cares? You don't have to. He was there at mandatory minicamp. What if he plays this season and gets hurt again? What if they have a down year because it's a new offense. He's missed some time. Things just aren't clicking. A lot of what-ifs. A lot of drama. A lot of what-ifs. And then you're – you're looking at a tag again next year, which I don't think the Ravens would do that. That'd be even more expensive, and then you're looking at not getting at all of what you want. But it's it's tricky, and he unfortunately is front and center of all this for the good or for the bad.
0: And then if they tag him twice, the value is only going to go down. Not that's nothing against him as a player. Yeah, um, he'll make his, more, but the value, yeah, but the for, value for the value market, of yeah, trade wise, is going to go down. Yeah. Like you're not going to get as much because. Well, then you're talking like, year right. seven. Yeah, and then you're talking year four in contract negotiations. Like that'd be insane. Oh.
1: please Please. we
0: have yeah we're we're all uh we're tuckered out on the ravens right now we're just kind of waiting for something to happen like the rest of you um eight days we're recording this on a wednesday yes until that season opener against the red sox and this roster's shaping out we're we're getting a pretty general idea of what it's going to look like um biggest question going in was rotation wise starting rotation wise you know for opening day what was that going to look like and uh few, few more guys got, got sent down. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman Mm -hmm. being the biggest name out of that group to really get sent down local product, um, started the home opener last season. Mm -hmm. And, um, he just kind of struggled last year. He, he, you know, bounced up and down a little bit and it's looking like he's going to start the season in AAA as well. So, um, what are your thoughts, Morgan on the O's right now? They're young. They got a ton of power at bat. It's, it's, this year is going to be so much more exciting than last year if everyone stays healthy.
1: 100% health always, you know, the big thing in baseball, especially with the long season. Uh, I think it's going to be great. And I'm really interested to see how they start because take out the rotation. Let's just talk about the, the youth movement and, and these the guys birds. getting like, the baby birds, baby birds, getting a second season, not even second full season because these were call-ups. And then the guys that are going to come up later. Brandon Hyde's teams when not picked to do anything started out really well. Because I think that's just you know the way baseball, it takes a hot minute to get going. And COVID years played into all that and wild spring trainings and and lack of off seasons. So now that you're predicted to be a little bit better, how are you going to start? I could see some stumbles because it is a full first season for these guys. And there is kind of pressure notion and there is eyeballs on them. They are still in the AL East. They still will not compete with the Red Sox and Yankees as far as payroll. So that makes things really interesting. But the rotation, finally, in year five... It's not only set, which it's still not, there are still, you talked about Zimmerman being gone, but there are still seven to eight candidates. I think Austin Voth's going to be like the long bullpen guy if the the starter gets roughed up early on. But counting him, there are still eight guys that have done nothing to lose a rotation spot. Spencer Watkins might kind of be the odd man out, but this rotation is really interesting and then when John Means comes back if he's healthy and if it is June that's another element so the fact that they actually have a rotation where it's not this patchwork thing or it's not guys in it that probably like wouldn't be in it on you know a handful of other major league teams um, I think you're only as good as your next day's pitcher and I think (laughs) the way that the offense clicks the way how young this this team is and stacked it's going to be great what's really going to be interesting is the call-ups for the infield and outfield it's uh, you got guys at AAA like I need to be oh on yeah. this team, knock, knock, knock now. And you got your Austin Hayes. you got your Cedric Mullins, you got your Anthony Santander's like, nope, I'm not giving up my position. It's going to be really interesting.
0: I love that this team has so much chemistry, just kind of seeing on social media like these guys, like. They played together. They lived yeah. together, a lot of them. They're boys. Like, they're actually, like, they're really good friends. They're all under 30, most of them. Exactly. And, like, they came up together and they grinded together. And when you have that, that bond in minor league baseball, I mean, that's unbreakable. Whether whether some guys go on to, you know, live normal lives and other mm-hmm. guys go on to go to the pros, like, to the show, it's, I mean, the chemistry, the camaraderie, all that stuff is so cool. And And seeing those guys just, like, mesh, they're doing, like, interviews, they might steal <laughs> our jobs afterwards. Like, yeah, but it's... I don't know, it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time, and I I wasn't here last year. or right, the years yeah. Well, last year I was, but I didn't get a whole entire sure. season with the O's. And, like, years before that, I can't even imagine what the vibes were like because it was just, like, losing, 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 yeah. losing. And then last year, it just seemed so fun.
1: I came in in 11, and it was losing all the way up to then. Yeah. And then 12, they made the playoffs. And 11 was cool because they knocked out the Red Sox, the curse of the Andino. Yep. But that... To see how oh, that fan base is so great, too. To see how like everyone was dying just for good baseball to be back in this town after everything that they've been through, you know, through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And then the struggles in the early 2000s. And then to see it kind of turn around and to get 12, 14, and 16. And then to see it all go away. To see them not pay Manny Machado, which, you know, we knew that wasn't <laughs> going to happen. But and now to see this rebuild and doing it, The cheap way, where if you are so bad and you draft well and you groom your talent well and bring them up, like you can do a lot of this for a few years and really not have to pay anyone. I wouldn't fall in love with anyone right now that's been on the roster and kind of leading this way during the rebuild, because if they are competitive by summer, I think some of none of their their prospects are, you know, not not those guys, but any of their veteran and not really even huge veterans but guys that have been here three four years and projected to be on this opening day roster all those years we might see one or two of them go away via trade because they have that talent waiting to be called up
0: I would say prospects even like a lot of them yes fall in yeah. love with stay with them like the big time names but yeah. there, there are some that are they have capital yeah, yeah and they could dish them if they if they're in the hunt yeah like come probably July, August, like yeah. early September. Or, yeah. No, hold on. Sorry, we'll know by tra- July. Yeah, 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 yeah. By July. Sorry, I'm like getting ahead of myself, and I'm like not even thinking trade deadline. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's no trade deadline. Sell the team, but, no yeah, exactly. Rocco. Yeah, just kidding. Make some trades like right before uh, the playoffs start in October. <laughs> no, but seriously though, they could they could really make a run at. I don't know. Maybe someone who's on the trade block um during that time before the trade deadline hits and. We could see that happen. Instead of them being sellers like last year, maybe yeah. they could be buyers this year. Maybe right. they could be buyers next year and bring bring like a big-time name in to help out with these young guys as well.
1: With what they did last year and what they have coming back and what is projected and how the rotation is better, they should be competing for a playoff spot. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series, but they should be competing for at least a wild card. It, and I think anybody <laughs> would take that. And if you, Rocco, I hope it happens. <laughs> if, it's
0: I want to baseball. experience playoff baseball so, here, Morgan.
1: I've been asked before in my career yeah. and like you know, agents too, like for what we do for like, hey, this job's open to cover this team, like do you want to do this? And like personally me, like how old I am where I am in my life, I don't have the desire to to live <laughs> And cover baseball all year round. Yeah. It's a grind. I mean, 160 you know, 162 games. You're on the road, there's a lot of travel, and the games are not three hours. Even with the pitch clock, we'll see if these games you just never know. There's weather, there's delays, there's doubleheaders. I don't have the desire to live that to live that life and be around baseball that much. But playoff baseball oh,
0: yeah. I can't. <laughs> is
1: the best professional sporting event to be around and experience to cover as a fan base it's the best bar none it's better than NFL playoffs
0: thinking of seeing like the rally towels just flying during that seeing time 30, it's 30,000 like, oh people goodness. on their feet
1: at Camden Yards it's is insane
0: so I feel like the, like last year the only comparable game to that atmosphere was the legends night when they brought all the legends out yeah, and cool. it was yep. packed there were like they had a couple good 34 yeah, yeah. It was like standing room only there and yes. I was like and, and I'm pretty sure they won that game too. So it was like why can't it be like this all the time? And I get like you gotta win. when you're win. It, yep, when you're winning, people are gonna come out to the ballpark, but there should be people out at Camden Yards like all season long with the excitement level of this team. These are mm-hmm. future all stars, potential future MVPs. Yeah. Um gold glove award winners, like these guys are gonna rack in some awards and there's potential that they win a World Series. You know, I I'll go on to say over the course of the next five years and I, I don't that's, think I'm, I mean that's the goal yeah, right Houston
1: did it this is the blueprint
0: they could they could honestly do that so but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves let's this talk to
1: the, the next available I don't know available is the best word the next team that is a championship contention immediately Maryland women's that's basketball.
0: that's right now
1: yep did you know where I was going with that
0: I did. It took me a minute I to did. spit it out. I knew I knew where you were going with it. Sweet
1: 16 bound. So they play sweet. again. This is Wednesday. They play Friday. They have a morning game, which is interesting. Rematch against Notre Dame. The shush Diamond Miller buzzer beater that to shush Notre Dame when they met the kind of seedings and rankings and standings where they were was flipped. Notre Dame was the top team. Maryland was still ranked, but not as low or high as you want to say it for Notre Dame. This is awesome. Three years running in the Sweet 16, and this is where the Terp season has ended. But they have played really well all season long they played really well against top 10 teams and I see no reason why this is not a final four team if not reaching the title game we'll talk about South Carolina later (laughs) but why not especially with Diamond Miller why not
0: if she plays like she did in that third quarter yeah like against Arizona I don't want to say the team's unbeatable because you're still looking Mm -hmm. at South Carolina and they're the best team in women's basketball bar none like they're on what what Dawn Staley's done is just unbelievable there she's built a powerhouse but I mean Brenda Freeze is unbelievable what she's able to do what she was able to do when Angel Reese transferred goes to LSU to pull from the portal to bring in Abby Myers uh, to bring in some big names like to help reserve wise I mean it's it's fantastic basketball to watch and like seeing the atmosphere in College Park was was great and you know, they're not, they're not in College Park anymore. Like right, it's, yeah, show's on the road so now. So they're, they're going to have to really, but they've been decent on the road and in neutral games. Like, their, their oh, record yeah. speaks for itself. So I think if they continue to play their brand of basketball and play through Diamond Miller, play through Abby Myers, and Faith Masonis continues to step mm-hmm. up a little bit, Brene Alexander continues to step up a little bit, this team's going to be all right. But like, like you said, like, we're not going to talk South Carolina. We, we kind of have to, though. Yeah. It's like they're sitting right there.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, it's, that's... It's like 1A and then 1, like, D, maybe. (laughs) You know, because there is, like, that gap between some of these programs and and just what South Carolina is doing right now from a talent standpoint, from a depth standpoint. That's kind of where you run into a little bit is the depth for Maryland. But the starting five is so good and they play so well. Just can't get behind – Like they did in the second round. No. When they turned it on, it was like, lights out, this game's over. But can't get behind anywhere now. And if Diamond Miller is on, and we've seen her on in the NCAA tournament, and we've seen her off in the NCAA tournament, and that would have been last year in the Sweet 16. But when she's on and everything's clicking, she's – a top five WNBA draft
0: pick. You're, you're probably not, she's absolutely phenomenal. She's awesome to watch. You're, you're probably not going to outscore a Notre Dame team 25 to nine or 29 to five, sure. whatever they did Arizona in that third quarter. And Notre Dame's probably going to keep it close. So you're going to have to be prepared for that. Just be battle tested. But this team is so battle tested. And talking to Brenda at Media Day, she was like, We put this schedule in place, the non conference schedule yep. with these teams that we played. I think it was like 10 11 ranked teams to start the season. Yeah, you It's like, I mean, you know, yeah, what I mean? Like, no, like they're not
1: and that's how you you should build. You you build that way to build for March. Where some programs not, shy away from. Yeah,
0: that. it's like there's you know, they have their cupcake teams here and there, but like it's not like college football where they're you're like, "All right, this yeah. is like the week before our big game." Like they were playing some heavy hitters this season. So, back to back to back sweet 16s is great. 11 under coach Freeze mm-hmm. is awesome, but this team wants to go further. They don't want to be the team that just gets to back-to-back-to-back to back to back Sweet 16s yeah. and, you know, kind of calls it there. So. And at
1: least the pressure's off this season. I think last year the pressure kind of kind of got to him a little bit. It kind of crumbled in the NCAA tournament. You kind of could see the emotions on their face when they were playing, um, which is kind of unusual for, for a team like that. But this season's like they lost everybody except Diamond Miller and Cheyenne Sellers, and you didn't know the jump that Sellers was going to make which was phenomenal this season. She's great. She's so fun to watch. But yeah, her and Miller, the connection is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's right on. She
0: really steps up, like when she when they need her to, mm-hmm. like a phenomenal
1: passer, great vision. Yeah, yeah.
0: she's not always going to have like stuff the stat sheet necessarily, but she will when it counts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that game it's scheduled for Saturday, eleven thirty a.m. in Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, we're gonna have highlights Saturday in our Saturday night show. So uh, Maryland, will be talking about the O's this week. We'll be talking Lamar Jackson, of course, and uh, any any moves that the Ravens kind of make on Sports Unlimited. so
1: If they make any, they're they like make... one of, what is it, one of two, one of three teams to not make an outside yeah. signing.
0: And it's just like. But they don't have any money. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> they
1: don't have enough money, people.
0: Historically, though, you know this good and well, the Ravens they have been a, like a, a, a second-week second yeah. surge team in And don't agency. forget about the
1: June 1st cuts. A lot of big-name veterans, because they are cap-heavy, are going to get cut post June 1 get that tagged to him like like Zeke Elliott has that already assigned to him and then they become available and free and yeah
0: things are going to get interesting not I'm telling free you but that. <laughs> yeah, there you go <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the flock on Fox 45 presented by Sports Unlimited for Morgan Adson I'm Rocco DeSangro we'll see you next time
1: You've been listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited. Stay up to date on the latest Ravens coverage. Check the Sports Unlimited tab on foxbaltimore.com.